0: No purchase necessary, void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center after another Wednesday media session with those Ohio State Buckeyes, those 2-0 and Ohio State Buckeyes. Tim, uh, you all know him. That's Tim May. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Uh, he needs no introduction. Tim, let's get right into it, man. We're not going to be here for too long tonight. Uh, what did you learn from these Buckeyes as they prepare to take on Toledo in the horseshoe at 7 p.m. on Fox on Saturday night?
1: that now that they've gotten a chance defensively, the defensive guys, they've gotten a chance to drive that uh, uh, Jim Knowles defense around a couple of games. They really like the way it handles. And, you know, dude, you can talk about defense all you want. Defense, you know, stats, etc. Defense is about keeping the other team from getting in your end zone. Uh, yes, they've given up, what, five field goals over the first two games. They've given up one touchdown. That's the bottom line on the defense. And the defense seems to be Playing better and better, the more it goes. But like I pointed out to you uh, earlier this week, uh, it looks to me like more and more offenses are going to just start trying to hit at the edges of this thing, and we'll see how this defense evolves from there. Whether they can get more immediate pressure on the quarterback, even more than they've gotten already with Mike Hall and that group uh, right on down the line. But that's what stood out. And Lathan Ransom, you know, wow, just thinking about him being on that on that uh, turf at the Rose Bowl with a compound fractured lower leg on January 1, playing the way he has the first two games. He and Josh Proctor at that safety spot. Josh Proctor started last week, a little bit of a surprise to me based on the way the previous game went, but he is more than happy to share time with Josh Proctor. Uh, uh, when his number's called, he wants to get in there, but
0: there's a story in the making right there. Absolutely, and another guy we talked to and we talked about on Monday, Tim, was Caden Curry. Uh, we talked about him on the Tuesday show as well, which unfortunately didn't make it to YouTube because of some technical difficulties, but. Find that on any podcast platform you want. I I wanted to make sure to plug that because Tuesday's show simply just didn't work out for uh, the visual learners, but the audio learners got everything they needed on Tuesday. Uh, But Caden Curry, we talked about him a little bit. I'd like to talk about him again because here's a guy who, you know, Ohio State doesn't really choose to put a lot of freshmen out there to the media unless it's it's a different kind of freshman. And uh, you try to read tea leaves sometimes, Tim. The fact that Ohio State was willing to put him out there, and Ohio State was okay with with Sports Information Director Jerry Emig putting Caden Curry out here as a true freshman in the limelight to all of these reporters, that tells you that Ohio State knows he's about to have an impact or a role, in my opinion. Uh, you don't really see a lot of freshmen come out here and do these on Wednesday nights, and so I, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, he had a lot of things to say too, but just the fact that he was here to talk to us, I'm interested. In the fact that they did that, because I think that leads to playing time for Caden Curry.
1: Yes, it shows they have plans for yep. Caden Curry Absolutely. down the road. Dude, when you come off the edge the way he did, yeah, it was against Arkansas State, basically in the second half. When you come off the edge the way he did the other night, just basically verifying what you've been hearing about him yep. uh, uh, through preseason camp and a little bit you got to see of him in the spring game, which I thought was, I thought right then he was showing stuff. I remember I wrote a story about him after the spring game, but uh, yeah, uh, that shows they have plans for Caden Curry. And I want to point out that it's very unfortunate that that uh, after practice video we did yesterday didn't make it because I did not interrupt you one time in that video, I don't think. Maybe once later when I got into it, but I'm going to hold up my hand politely now whenever I have something to say to you or to interject and I uh, even have a little pointer here to do that with. But it's unfortunate some of our watchers didn't get to see
0: that. Well, and that's okay, Tim. We'll, we'll continue to do that, uh, as well as the Buckeyes will continue to try to put some wins on the board. Uh, didn't really have an offensive day out here. We talked to Donovan Jackson, we talked to uh, to Dewan Jones, easy for me to say. Uh, those guys have some good things to say, but they don't really feel like this run game is where it needs to be, and I kind of wrote about that a little bit on Letterman Row. Uh, on Wednesday that this run game has been explosive but it's been kind of as you like to say now feast or famine you know you've got the 40 yard runs by Trayvon Henderson you've got the big explosive runs by Maya Williams but you've also got I think half of Trayvon Henderson's runs and more than and almost half of Mayan Williams's runs on Saturday against Arkansas State uh, were for five yards or fewer and so that tells you that this run game, it looks really good on paper because the at yards per carry, the, the stats are there, and all the numbers show you that they're good, but you start to crunch those numbers a little bit, and this run game isn't where it should be.
1: Yeah, ask Notre Dame about that. Ohio State beat Notre Dame up the last 20 minutes of that game a couple of weeks ago. Notre Dame could not stop Marshall's run game. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the makings are there for a powerful Ohio State run game, and it's one of those things like you and I've talked about before. You got to do it too, though. You know, you got to. Okay, you've got a run game. You talk all about your run game, and now you got to go out there and actually call run plays. But this offense had had several just big time breakaway explosive plays on Saturday. That takes away. That takes away probably every explosive play you have of 30 yards or more. Takes away probably at least two, maybe sometimes four or five runs you could have gotten in as you were moving toward the end zone. If in fact you got there. So you know, the bottom line is at the end of the year, what do the stats look like? What does the balance look like? That's what matters most. It's not from one game to the next.
0: Well, and luckily, Tim, they didn't really need to run the ball on Saturday because CJ Stroud and and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka had a pretty good thing going there through the air. Uh, But they still did get things done on the ground. That's not to dismiss what they did do uh, because there were some positives, there were some good things, particularly the tight end blocking uh, through two games has been as good as I can remember at Ohio State the last few years. Uh, Jeremy Rucker and Luke Farrell were both very gifted at, at blocking as tight ends, but G. Scott and Cade and Stover, I'm going to give them a tip of the hat because uh, G. Scott was out here talking about still trying to become a tight end physically and still trying to get there. He looks like one now, and you've seen proof of concept with him at tight end now, throwing those blocks, and you'll see him catch the ball a couple times. It, it's, it's coming for G. Scott.
1: Yeah, 240 pounds now.
0: I asked him about it. Uh, that's where he's at from a weight standpoint.
1: Number two, we talked about this in the spring. Their challenge as a coaching staff, and even for G. Scott, was to get him in as a bona fide tight end uh, in, in, in games where they could afford to do that early this year, so he can establish himself as a fellow going in that he's not just some glorified uh, wide receiver playing tight end. That he's not going to just go out in the slot and run and run routes. Uh, that was always the plan. Uh, you know, it, I think somebody commented on the fact that Arkansas State was was sending guys on the field like he was a wide receiver at one point when he was in there on Saturday. At the end of the game, they were sending in, sending folks in there for 12 personnel when he was on the field with Kate Stover and whomever. Uh, that's a major, major jump for uh, G. Scott in his quest to uh, definitely become a, a factor on this football team and then later uh, perhaps getting to the NFL and being that first little guy that every NFL team is looking for now. But his block on the edge there on it, one, tri- one of the Trevion Henderson touchdowns, man, that's good on anybody's video yeah and uh and like i told him man once you put that on video the opponents are having to watch it they're having to deal with it uh can they take you lightly as a tight end not after that
0: yeah his time will come in the passing game as well i I know that right now he's viewed as a blocker uh but newsflash guys he was a wide receiver for a long time he's pretty good at it uh, to him he's a borderline five-star prospect wide receiver those hands haven't gone anywhere I wouldn't be surprised to see Ohio State get him more involved, especially from 12 personnel, because we've already seen now, Cade Stover's on pace for 30 catches, which is like an Ohio State benchmark that you, you know, well, everybody wants to see the tight end catch 30 balls, well, Cade Stover's on pace. Um, that's gonna leave a couple guys open if you have to defend Cade Stover. One of them will be uh, G. Scott Jr., and so it, it's interesting the different ways they can take this offense. The one thing they do need to do, uh, circling back to the, the original point, is that they've gotta be able to run the football consistently, and it, it's it's there uh, half the time, but it needs to be there more than half the time. It needs to be consistent, and they know that, and you heard that from Donald Jackson. You heard that from DeWan Jones. Um, you'll hear that probably from the running backs. I know Tony Olford's probably crunching the film and, and Justin Fry trying to get these things figured out, but these are early season kinks, Tim, and you're only two games in, you still got a lot of time to figure everything out.
1: Yeah, that guy I always enjoy talking to. I always enjoy having a moment or Five with Izzy Mecca, Agbuka. Uh We talked, of course, about that touchdown he had up the gut on uh, on Saturday against Arkansas State uh, when he ran was basically running a drag route and then cut it up the middle, take take off up the seam. And C.J. Stroud had the patience to wait for it. I'm writing about that for uh, for Thursday's uh, Lettermanrow.com. Just ab- just about the way C.J. Stroud, just the patience he shows in the passing game, but also he has his receivers are doing the same thing they're having patience they know that if they run their route they run it correctly uh there's a good chance they're getting the football and it's just that you know cd Star probably probably made that step last year really when you think about it but he's taken another two or three steps in that regard in that development but Emeka what a joy to talk to you. every time we get to talk to him uh, i think over the last two weeks it was interesting to me because nobody. You talk to Emeka, you talk to Marvin Harrison Jr. They're not going to slam any other receiver in this group. Uh, they're not going to, you know, put down Julian Fleming. He hadn't played the first two games because because of some malady he had uh, just before the season opener. Uh, they're not going to definitely slam Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, because of the year he had last year, record-setting year he had last year from a school standpoint. But these two guys, are, these two guys deserve to be on the field Anytime you've got three receivers on the field, for sure, and maybe sometimes when you only got two. It's still, you know, uh, 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 Jack Smith and Jigba, still not been declared he's definitely going to play on Saturday. It's looking like he's going to get that shot. Looks like Julian Fleming is, too. But Emeka Igbuka and Marvin Harrison, Jr., like uh, Emeka was talking about, you know, they talk about being that that, that, that twosome receiver tandem. Twosome receiver tandem. Yeah, there you go. Going somewhere when they first showed up here, that you'd have to contend with and it looks like the time has come.
0: Yeah, and Julian Fleming, if he can come back, if Jackson for the Jigba can come back, the more the merrier for the Buckeyes in the passing game. Uh, but the bottom line is, on Saturday in the horseshoe at seven PM on Fox, uh, Emeka Ibuka is going to be a factor because he has to be. Uh, he's proven that he can he can get the job done, whether Jackson's for the jigba's on the field or not. So Uh, He will be there on Saturday night as will we uh, be there on Saturday night in the Horseshoe for Ohio State and Toledo. Not a lot of Rockets talking here, Tim. We've got some Rockets uh, info coming at LettermanRoad.com on Thursday with a video from the Toledo Toledo Blades' David Briggs. Uh, Talk to him a little bit about what to expect from the Rockets. Make sure you look out for that video. Make sure you check us out on YouTube all year long as we cover Ohio State there. Subscribe to that channel. Make sure to come check us out at the Letterman Lounge. We're answering subscriber questions whenever they they pop up. Uh, You can get all of that coverage from Tim, myself, and Matt Parker for the recruiting side for just $1 right now at lettermanroad.com. That's a hell of a deal in my opinion, Tim. I think it is for you too. Um, But we will see you there. We'll see you in the horseshoe on Saturday night. And uh, just stick with us for full coverage of Ohio State Buckeyes at lettermanroad.com.